You are listening to the Young Black Travelers Podcast. Black voices chatting on experiential travel, dedicated to creating a global community of travelers. Be bold, be inspired, be spontaneous. We are YBT. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. This is the season seven opener. We are here. We are the Young Black Travelers podcast team members. My name is Simone and I got my girl here, Chrisanne. Say hi. Hey, hey, hey. It's your girl, Chrisanne, back by popular demand. You know the vibes. (laughs) Yes. And we have Emily with us. We are so excited to talk to her. Introduce yourself, Emily. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Emily Edenshaw. I am Yupik and Anupak, and my family comes from Emonic, Alaska. I have had the honor to live and work on the Denina lands as the president and CEO of the Alaska Native Heritage Center. Uh, Thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. We are so excited to have you with us, Emily. Yes, we are. (laughs) And, you know, so we met Emily at the Nomad Fest. And so it was a weekend of celebration in New Jersey. So me and Chrisanne decided to drive out. And we saw Emily and we met her um, as we were all trying to get some shade because it was our hot day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it was just a place where travelers of colors were able to go and get resources, meet new people. And so we had a chance to have a, an amazing conversation with Emily. And she was also part of a panel called Traveling in Color. And that was the BIPOC keynote panel, which was really interested. So, Emily, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what drives you to do the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me, uh, as I shared in my introduction, I am Yupik and Anupak. So my family comes from uh, Imanic, Alaska. Imanic is a small Yupik village on the mouth of the Yukon River. So I'm indigenous from Alaska. And I have had the honor to lead the only statewide living cultural center in Alaska that represents all indigenous cultures, all regions. And that's really important to note because Alaska is a really, really large state. We're also very culturally diverse. And so uh, I my roots are in Alaska, uh, but I spent a lot of my time uh, living in Texas. I've also lived um, all across the state here in Alaska. I am a mom. I'm an auntie to many Native youth. Uh, my husband is uh, indigenous to Alaska, so he's Haida. And uh, outside of my work and my my personal life, I'm a fifth year PhD student studying indigenous studies. Uh, So that's a little bit about me and what drives me to do my work, especially around cultural tourism is, you know, I I would say it it comes down to equity and it comes down to truth telling. And I think oftentimes when we think of tourism, there is this perception of, oh, we're going to go somewhere that is really exotic or we're going to go and go on this bucket list. And for me and what I know to be true is that 
there is an opportunity in traveling where you get to learn or even in some cases unlearn what you've been taught in the education system. Uh, and so in Alaska specifically, being able to come to my, you know, come to my cultural center, we offer education around Alaska Native history, Alaska Native cultures. Something we uh, often share out with people is that we are dedicated to bringing indigenous cultures from behind the museum glass. And uh, I'm sure both of you would agree with me, there is this perception of you know, Native people uh, can only be found in museums. And so the organization that I lead is uh, very dedicated to advancing or uh, reshaping the narrative that Alaska Native cultures are living and breathing and vibrant. So for me, what drives my work uh, every day, day in and day out, is that especially with cultural tourism, there's an opportunity for education. And like I said, tourism is education, education is tourism, and it's a great opportunity for people to learn. But from an indigenous standpoint, it's also an opportunity for healing. And uh, what I mean by that is from an indigenous standpoint, uh, many, many native youth in Alaska, especially urban native youth, they want to be connected to their culture. And my organization in Anchorage really serves as ground level zero where native youth can come and reconnect to who they are. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that when you think of Alaska, you think, oh, you know, there are native people all over the state. But what a lot of people don't know is that the only way to get to some of those rural villages where, you know, are, is either by boat or by plane. And so we have a lot of youth in uh, the Anchorage area that want to connect to their culture. So for me, I'm really driven by uh, helping our youth uh, connect to who they are and just be strong in their, uh, their, their own identity. And I also am very driven about uh, helping educate the public and reshaping that narrative. That is awesome, um, Emily. Thank you for sharing that. And you just got me so excited because as an educator, I can totally relate to that of working with young people and having them, helping them to shape that identity for themselves and being exposed to other cultures and others' experiences as well is so important. So you are just speaking such truth and I just love that. Um, about everything that you have said and the work that you're doing as well. And so yes, also definitely. when we were there, um, Chrisanne, you remember um, Emily was just dropping so much gems of knowledge at that panel traveling in color. And so yeah. my next question for you, Emily, would be, what does that mean to you traveling in color? That's a great question. I would say, you know, in the like in the its smallest form, it's really looking at like leaning into the beauty of the diversity all across our nation. Uh, you know, we know that, you know, for, you know, in Alaska, for example, we're so culturally diverse, but down in the lower 48, uh, you know, there are so many different communities and those same communities exist in Alaska, right? But I would say traveling in color is really this opportunity to look at the fabric that really makes up who we are as a country. And, 
it's just to me, I'm so proud to be an indigenous woman, but I also know that being an indigenous woman, I'm also a sister to other people of color. And uh, so for me, it's really leaning into that and uh, not only learning about other cultures, but also understanding that no matter where I go, you know, whether if I'm in New York, New, New Jersey, it, that might be the first time people are meeting an Alaska native. And so understanding that I have a responsibility to educate people and uh, to really celebrate who I am as an indigenous woman. So I would say it's really, like I said, the um, learning the, the diversity throughout our country, the history, but also understanding that there is that deep connection uh, as a person of color uh, with other uh, minority groups and cultural groups. And with that, with that blessing, comes that responsibility to help educate and to help celebrate who we are as uh, people of color. Yes, yes, yes. I got to step it up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that um, you said it so well. No, definitely that celebratory aspect is so important um, to celebrate ourselves, right? And letting other people know who we are. We are here. We are alive. And so that message really does um, um, resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we're gonna take a short break and we're going to come right back for more conversation with emily welcome back welcome back everyone hope you're still with us and we are going to continue our conversation with Emily. We have Chrisanne also joining in on the conversation as we both met, met Emily when we yeah. went to Nomads Fest. And so we're so excited to have her today. And something that she, Emily, you said right before we went on break was about cultural tourism. And so that phrase, um, phrase, can you just tell us a little bit about what is that for those of us who may listening and may not know? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say in a broad brush stroke, uh, you know, the definition of cultural tourism, there's not like a one size fits all for, you know, this is what it's going to look like across Turtle Island, right, or across the United States. Uh, Cultural tourism might look different in you know, Arizona versus New Mexico versus Hawaii versus Alaska. I think it's really dependent on the community. And so the lens by which I'm I'm speaking from today, it really is from the Alaska Native community. And I just want to be uh, really clear with that. Um, I would never uh, want to talk, you know, this is what it looks like in Hawaii or the Navajo Nation. So just, you know, just being really intentional and and careful with my words. Uh, So from the Alaska Native communities perspective, uh, cultural tourism as a whole is an opportunity where Alaska Native people get to preserve our culture, but also share it with the world. And it's really interesting when you when you look at that simple definition it's taken us many many years to even get to that point to be able to even define who and what cultural tourism is and i want to share a little bit of context to that definition so alaska as a whole we are a very young state so to speak you know we um you know 
Alaska was sold from Russia to the United States. And so, you know, in the like late 1700s, and then we paint we became a state in like the mid 1900s. Uh, and I'm sharing this history because, um, you know, Alaska has always been an indigenous place. There have been native people that go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There's archeological evidence that show we have uh, native people here for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but the state as a whole, from a Western perspective, we're a very young state, like I said, uh, mid-1950s. So um, I'm sharing that because when you look at industries like Alaska, like many other states, Alaska has a tourism industry. Uh, it wasn't until very, very recently, in fact, it was last year, that the state of Alaska just started really allocating funding uh, towards cultural tourism marketing. And that's important to note because when you look at how Alaska is presented to travelers, Alaska has been primarily presented as go see Denali, go see brown bears, go see the Northern Lights. There's been this very geographic marketing to get visitors to come up here. It's always been on like everyone's bucket list, right? But in doing that, you are erasing the indigenous people from this land. And so me as a leader in Alaska, I noticed that, you know, I noticed, you know, where are all the, you know, and not just me, there were many other native leaders that were saying, where are all the native people, you know, in this marketing? Why are we not like we know Alaska always has been and always will be a native place. Uh, and it was interesting when we came to that realization, we were looking at other states like Hawaii and countries like Canada. Uh, Canada has an entire uh, it's called Indigenous BC. There are entire like uh, organizations that are dedicated to advancing uh, cultural tourism. Well, in Alaska, that didn't exist. And so uh, what we did as a community, we came together, we self-organized and we said, we need to define what cultural tourism is in Alaska. And we did that. And like I said, in its simplest form, it's that definition. You know, it's where Alaska Native people, the first people of these lands, uh, it's a way for us to preserve and perpetuate our way of life while also sharing it with the world. And so there's a little bit of history behind that term, but I would say that it's also very, very closely related to terms like regenerative tourism um, or sustainable tourism. But, you know, for us in Alaska, that deeper, especially from an indigenous point of view, uh, we refer to it as cultural tourism. And that's interesting what you uh, clarify when you do mention the term cultural tourism in relation to Alaskan natives that typically there's a broad stroke that kind of erase um, being noticed as the Alaskan natives to just all natives because your history is acute for you. It's, it's, it's in tune for your story and not a broad stroke. And with that, it gives more notice to what you are doing right now, which is right now, um, being the CEO and president of Alaska Native Heritage Center. 
So we are wondering how that idea first started for you and how did it come into fruition? Well, I think it's just, um, you know, there is, and I would say like we got to peel a couple layers back, right? You know, Alaska Natives lead the country in some of the, the worst, you know, statistics, missing and murdered Indigenous women, suicide rates, um, you know, it's it just we I'm not going to get into them, but we like the data is there. And when you look at these kind of other other uh, industries, if you will, like the education sector or, um, you know, just, you know, other industries, what we know to be true is that there are because of education because of the lack of marketing, the indigenous experience and the indigenous story has not been told uh, in Alaska. And uh, I'll give a I'll give an example. Um, you know, this last year we had a couple we had a couple tourists that came to the Heritage Center and they openly asked my youth interns, why are all the natives drunks? And in that moment, you know, when you're imagine being a youth and being asked this very stereotypical question, right? Why are natives all drunks? It's just this really hurtful, misinformed, stereotypical comment that all people are seeing are, you know, when visitors come here, they might see just like in, a, in any other city, you know, they're, you know, uh, homelessness is an issue within Alaska, right? But to be in that space, uh, and when you couple that with the lack of like just representation in media from a marketing standpoint, like I said earlier, Alaska natives are not in the marketing when you look at the way Alaska is presented to travelers. People want to come up to Alaska to see, you know, mountains and, and, and brown bears and, they want to come up here and see the northern lights and you know they it we have been written out of the marketing and to went when, from an indigenous standpoint when you see that i think there is a level of internalization that happens right uh, and i don't know if 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 you're like me um there is this perception of oh in alaska everyone lived in an igloo oh in alaska there's just eskimo and indians and there is this very stereotypical perception that that exists and so for me i really wanted to use cultural tourism as a way to really untangle that and to address that head on and say you know just like every other community in this you know in this country we we struggle with homelessness we have severe issues. That's not an incorrect narrative. It's that it's incomplete. And so being able to use tourism in a way to really advocate and really humanize um, some of these issues is what has really driven my work. And so I think oftentimes cultural tourism is very like packaged in this like, um, you know, oh, let's put on feathers or, oh, let's go here. Or, oh, there's dancing and singing. But for me and the way that I view cultural tourism, I view it in a very social justice lens. Um, uh, because like I said, we, you know, 
some of, you know, there've been attacks on native people here. There was, you know, a couple years ago, kids were paintballing natives, um, you know, people who struggled with homelessness on the street. Like there have been uh, full on attacks on native people here. And so for me, I am very, very much driven by the social justice side of this. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. Um, but like I said, for me, it's that, that understanding that we have been written out of the marketing Alaska also does a very, um, I don't want to say a, a, a horrible job. <laughs> I would say that there need, there's a lot of room for improvement when we start talking about Alaska Native history. Uh, right now, it's not told from an Indigenous perspective. It's told from a non-Native, predominantly white perspective, which is, like I said, it's not incorrect. It's just incomplete. And so... I would say I view the work that I'm doing very much through a social justice lens. Thank you for sharing that, um, Emily, and um, talking about that um, social justice um, aspect and helping us to understand the um, the, the layers, right, of what um, type of things and issues are associated with the natives of Alaska. So thank you for sharing all of those um, things and that important work that your organization is doing. And so I'm curious um, if you can like share with us, um, what are some stories of success that you have had um, with the organization in um, educating people, providing those resources and how has it like influenced and impact the, the, the local society and larger um, the larger state. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say that the work that we're doing and like all of these seeds that we're planting are starting to grow. And I would say from a Alaska Native community perspective, there's now, um, you know, we went from like, okay, we just got to define to now there's like full on, um, you know, regions that are really focusing on regenerative tourism and cultural tourism. So, for example, in southeast Alaska, uh, which is like right near Washington and Canada, uh, there is an entire group dedicated to just advancing cultural tourism for that region. And just to give you some context, that whole region is a rainforest. But when you start going up to, you know, up north to where Utkiavik is, that is Arctic. So our state is very, very vast. So we have that one region has an entire council or a group of people that is really dedicated to advancing cultural tourism. And I want to share out that a couple of years ago, we were just at that point of defining who and what cultural tourism is. And from an economic standpoint, it is now the number one priority uh, that the entire region is, is advancing. So, um, so that's one success story. Another success story that I would say is that from a statewide perspective, we are um, the Heritage Center, you know, we've been successful in securing federal funding to help identify all of the different cultural tours and businesses in Alaska. That's really important to note because there's always been this narrative of there's only one or two cultural tours and businesses in Alaska, the Heritage Center, which is the one that I lead, and maybe 
Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, which is in Southeast Alaska. So there was this narrative of like, oh, there's only one or two in Alaska, even though we're really geographically big. So we went out and got funding and we, uh, federal funding, and we identified over 100 businesses in our state. And so that's really, really exciting because when visitors come to my business, I could now say, oh, you're going to Quinnahawk or you're going up to Nome. This is the cultural tourism business that you need to visit. And beforehand, that didn't exist. The last thing or the last story that um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll share from an industry standpoint, um, you know, I serve on the state tourism board. And if you go to TravelAlaska.com, you'll see uh, there is now native representation on the website and we are moving in the right direction. And I cannot stress enough how important it is for young people, um, people from, you know, all of, you know, whether if you're black, indigenous, Asian, Hispanic, we need to see ourselves represented in media so we don't internalize that erasure. And so we are now, um, you know, on Travel Alaska's uh, website, there is now an indigenous presence, which was never, it, it was never like that before. And I would say that to measure that, if, you know, some people have asked me, you know, Emily, is that success? My answer would absolutely say, you know, absolutely yes. I think it's, um, I think it's a huge step in the right direction. But for me, it's ensuring, like I said, Alaska always has been and always will be a native place. So how can we ensure that our marketing materials reflect the truth of who we are? And so it's very exciting. Uh, but yeah, thank you for that question. Um, no problem. And um, definitely marketing is important. Um, representation is everything when it comes to traveling. And you don't know how many people may be even wondering about where they're coming from or their heritage. But from marketing and from your efforts of being not only part of the conversation of marketing, but becoming more of the forefront with funding, with stories, with um, showing visibility to businesses, People are able to either see themselves that they would have never saw before or relate to people that they would never think to relate to. So we do appreciate all the work you're doing with Alaska Native Heritage Center. Um, so for our listeners, um, majority, I, I took a little quiz and I realized a lot of us have not been to Alaska and don't know what to expect to Alaska or they may have preconceived notions about Alaska. So for our listeners who want to be most more socially conscious and want to visit Alaska, um, what advice would you give someone who want to be more of a cultural tourist, um, who are want to be conscious of the, the heritage that uh, Alaskan natives have? Um, how do you advise them to travel throughout Alaska and interact with the local communities? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say it's gonna look different, like depending where you go. Like if you go to Southeast in Juneau, it might be different in Anchorage. Uh, and so I would really encourage young travelers to 
spend some time, like maybe go to the Alaska Native Heritage Center website and kind of spend some time of like, oh, I know I'm going to Southeast Alaska. What are, what are the cultural groups within this region? Oh, I'm going to Anchorage. Who are, you know, what are the tribes within this region? Uh, so I think just doing a little bit of research on the front end is really helpful. But one thing I would also say is that, you know, um, coming to Alaska, you know, please come. It's the most beautiful place on earth. Uh, and I say that all the time. Um, I would also say if you come, try to get outside of like the city areas. You know, I, I a lot of people come up on cruises, which I, you know, um, I've been on a cruise before, but I think you can also come up, like fly up here, rent a car, you know, go to the Heritage Center, go to Denali, go to Bethel, um, you know, kind of create your own itinerary versus like putting that responsibility on a cruise. And I think in doing that, you'll have more like, I don't want to say you'll get a more authentic experience, but I've, I've met so many people that have just come up here and have done that. Something else to consider is that there are so many different cultural events that go on, you know, year round. Uh, know that like in October, later this month, we're having AFN and it's the largest gathering of Alaska natives. It's also a very, very large artist market. Um, but there are celebrations like that that happen all throughout the year that you can come. And so when you're planning your itinerary or you're making plans for your trip, maybe, um, you know, reach out to the Heritage Center or, you know, Either one of you can connect travelers with me. You know, if they reach out to you, if they're coming up to Alaska, I'm happy to kind of give them some pointers. Um, but the last thing I would say is that, you know, in August, August and in fall time, that is typically you know, late summer going into fall, that is our harvesting season. Um, that's where a lot of people are going out berry picking, fishing. Uh, and, you know, traditionally, if we weren't out, you know, going out and getting our fish and, and picking berries, that meant that throughout the winter, we, you know, we would starve. And so it's a very, 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 very important season for Native people. And so just be cognizant of that. You know, if you go to a, a rural community, you might be like, where is everyone? Well, they might be at fish camp getting fish for the rest of the year, right? So just keep that in mind. And then the other thing that I'll say is no matter where you are, in the country, whether if you're in Alaska or in the lower 48, you're on indigenous land. And there are so many resources out there. I'll have to send, there's a phone number that you can text and you just type in your zip code and it automatically replies which traditional territory you're on. And so when I was in Newark, New Jersey, I texted it and it was like, oh, I'm on the home of, I think it's the Lenape people. Um, you know, you're able to do that. And I think that's a way for people just to understand like, oh, you know, I am, I am a guest. I am, you know, I am in, I'm, I'm saying this as an example. When I was in New Jersey, I was a guest on these lands of the, of, you know, of the traditional people of, of that area. Therefore, as a guest, I have a responsibility to learn the history of that place. And so that's something that I would really encourage all young travelers, no matter where you are, 
we all have a sense of responsibility to learn the history of the place in which you live. Uh, and that's something that I had to do in Anchorage, even though I'm Alaska native, I am not native to the lands that I'm on right now. My ancestors did not come from Anchorage. My ancestors came up from North. So I have made it a point to learn the Denina history of these lands. So just know that, like I said, there are many resources out there for you. And as a traveler, you do have that responsibility to learn that history. And as I shared earlier, so often that history is not taught in schools. It's not it's not represented in media. So really looking at tourism or traveling as a way to help become more informed. That's absolutely correct. To remember to learn the history of your own land and every land we touch on is indigenous. In New York, that is especially true. All the forests that we have have some sort of history that it is inhabiting indigenous soil so great end note for our listeners to be responsible to learn about your land and thank you for sharing all the answers to our questions they're so insightful we learned so much and we're going to take a small break again and when we come back we're going to close the conversation have a shout out and a couple of questions for emily so stick around back once again to the Young Black Travelers podcast. We just had a fabulous conversation with Emily of the Alaska Native Heritage Center and with my girl Simone right here in conversation. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, and thank you for listening to all the conversation. I hope you got all the jewels and all the suggestions from Emily and a lot that I picked up personally on how when I go to Alaska, how I need to, to travel, you know, make my own itinerary. Research from the Heritage Native, uh, Alaskan Native Heritage Center website. And to get some more responsibility of learning where I'm standing on. So very powerful message from Emily. And I'm sure we will share all the information that we learn from this conversation in our notes. So make sure you review those notes. Uh, but a quick shout out to um, IG handle. We usually shout out our followers, but I think this one um, stays true to our message for our guests in Alaska. Um, it brought me back to a conversation from a podcast where, where we're saying that, you know, black people are everywhere. And we don't really think about how people live in Alaska. You just think of how pretty it looks, but not day-to-day, everyday stories. So I'm going to shout out Black in Alaska. That's their IG handle. And they bring awareness to how Black people, um, and they're not normally thought of to live in Alaska, but how they live their day-to-day life. They share their stories. They may have a business. They may just be professional. Or they just live their older life and how they how they interact with the heritage that are in that land. Um, so they always encourage people to take notice of that and to share their stories as well. So if you are from Alaska, you can share your story at their website, blackinalaska.org. 
or you can just watch the feeds and watch the stories of those who already are there. So shout out to you, Black Malaska. Uh, so back to Emily, a couple more questions. How can our listeners support your work in um, Alaska Heritage, Alaska Native Heritage Center? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, knowing that the Heritage Center, and this is something I touched on a little bit uh, at the Nomadness Fest. So the Heritage Center is an indigenous organization. So when we look at the acronym BIPOC, so we, we would fall under the, you know, the indigenous of BIPOC. And I would say that, you know, the way that I would really encourage visitors to help us advance our work is to also engage with other BIPOC organizations. There are so many, especially within the tourism industry, that are right in your backyard. Uh, and like I shared earlier, as a Native woman, I am a sister to other women of color. I know that we often, even though our cultures, were, you know, our cultures, our communities are very diverse, we're often connected because of the struggles, but also because of the strength and the resiliency of our peoples. So I would say to really look at other organizations, you know, if you're in like the New York, New York, New Jersey um, area, there are, um, I want to say, you know, 11, 10 or 11 uh, cultural treasures, uh, even within that area uh, and the Heritage Center is one cultural treasure. We are the only cultural treasure in Alaska and that was something that I talked a little bit about on my panel. So the Ford Foundation uh, named 20 national cultural treasures and they're all uh, BIPOC, so Black Indigenous People of Color institutions. And, and, and like I said, in the New York area, there's more than 10 of them. So I would say visit them, um, you know, for example, like Dance Theater, Dance Theater of Harlem. Uh, in Seattle, you have Wing, Wing Loop. In Alaska, you have the Alaska Native Heritage Center. And so I think one way that you could support our work is to visit these institutions because we're all connected, we're all cultural treasures. And like I said, you guys don't have to go far if you're in the new in the New York area. There's more than 10 of them there. Um, another way that you can help support our work is just to become more informed. Um, I think oftentimes as people who, you know, we all love to travel, we all love an adventure, but with that comes that sense of responsibility and to know that, you know, we often are all fighting the same struggles, whether if it's erasure, whether if it's oppression, whether if it's stereotypes. So I think being able to become more informed and knowing you know, is it okay to say Eskimo? Is it not okay to say Eskimo? Who, you know, having that uh, initial thought of like, whose traditional lands are we on? Um, and really using travel as a way to help educate and become more informed. Uh, so those are just two ways, like I said, that I think that you could really help advance our work. And the last way is just reach out. Just reach out if you ever have a question about Alaska or Alaska Natives or you saw something in a museum or you saw a movie, know that the Alaska Native Heritage Center is a place of learning 
And we are so dedicated to meeting our community, our Native community, our BIPOC brothers and sisters, where they're at. And you can always ask us a question. And that's something that I often share with so many people. I'd rather you ask than not ask. Uh, and so, yeah, and I hope you get to come to Alaska. It's, you know, uh, but if you're, you know, until you do, like I said, you have more, you have uh, 20 cultural treasures all across the United States that you can go visit. Yes, we are ready to go to Alaska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, this conversation just has um, helped me um as I'm sure our listeners gain such new perspective of what does it mean to be a conscious traveler um, and about cultural tourism. So yes, we're I'm excited. Um, me and Kristan was just talking. <laughs> yeah, we want to go to Alaska. So before you yeah. leave us, um, Emily, you have to tell us what is your favorite thing about Alaska? Oh my gosh. I would say... Um, I would say just the, you know, it's it's a place where I feel grounded and it's my home. I would say that the Native community, I feel so connected to not only my people, but also my ancestors and like knowing that I have a sense of purpose and something like I'm part of something larger than myself. And so I would say for me, hands down my community. Um, but Alaska is just so, so beautiful. Like I cannot, I, to even say beautiful is an understatement, you know, depending on which season you come, like it's just so rich in resources, like the fishing, the hiking, that, you know, if you come in the summer, the sun never goes down. In the winter, you'll see the Northern Lights. Like I've often told my husband this, like I wonder what heaven looks like because this place is just a gift that creator has given us. And um, so to be able to be living in an area that is so rich in soil and is just breathtakingly beautiful is like a dream come true. Uh, the other thing that I would say what I love most about Alaska is that we really are a place that, you know, that, um, like the healing journey of indigenous peoples, there is definitely, and I've said this time and time again, it's a very, very exciting time to be living in Alaska because you see industries like the tourism industry that are growing and reshaping. You see issues like missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and the boarding schools, um, those, those historical and intergenerational traumas that have all walked with us are now becoming more mainstream. So people are talking about them. So I would say what I love about it is that I see the healing taking place in real time. And it's, you know, my children and my grandchildren are gonna have a completely different experience than that I have had. Um, and so I would say everyone who is on the line right now know that uh, I know everyone's biased, but Alaska is such a beautiful, beautiful place. It has a very deep and rich history. And, you know, when you come here, you know, be able to visit the Alaska Native Heritage Center or go to uh, like Icy Street Points in Southeast or SHI. Like there are places all across Alaska that you can 
learn about our history from the first peoples of this land and you will be blown away. It's just so culturally diverse. Uh, so everyone who's listening, you're invited and I hope you come to Alaska and I really, really hope you're able to come to the Alaska Native Heritage Center. Woo. Yes, I'm going. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Emily, for being a guest um, with us. This was so informative. Um, Very. Yes, all the information we got, all the the jewels, and so we. I'm encouraged to go, and I hope others as well listening out are encouraged to go. And I just want to give you an opportunity to share with us share with the followers how can they reach out to you how can they contact you or learn more about the work that you do yeah so i you know we have a like i'm on facebook linkedin um i just started my my uh tiktok so i'm very proud i'm now i'm on tiktok so if i'm, I, I'm on social media feel free to add me. Um, you can also like the Alaska Native Heritage Center page. We also have a website, uh, www.alaskanative.net. Uh, and we have like my emails on our website. Um, but you know, you could always just give the Alaska Native Heritage Center a call, which is 907-330-8000. And you can just asked to speak to Emily. I, uh, I would say the best part of my job is that I get to work with youth every day. And so I think, um, you know, for me, it's a, a very, uh, I would not be where I'm at, at today if it wasn't for mentors in my life who uh, made time for me and mentored me and believed in me. And so if anyone is on the line, if you want you know, if you want any travel tips or, you know, if you're looking for a new mentor, if you have any questions, know you can always reach out to me and just know, um, you know, like I said, we, uh, we, and I know from the Alaska Native community's perspective, you know, we need more people in tours and we need people to continue to travel and just know that uh, these glass ceilings are made to be uh, broken and you know who like there's no one else that knows our story or your story better than you and I would say from the Alaska Native perspective uh, you know really you know we are at the you know at the Heritage Center we are telling our story every day and so like I said reach out to me um, I, I always have an open door policy and if you have any question just know that you can add me on social media or or just give me a ring Thank you so much, um, Emily, for being so open um, and so generous with your time and for all that information um, that you just shared. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Um, this was so such an important conversation. And so we were just so happy to have you on. And we just want to remind our listeners remember to support our podcast um, by becoming a monthly um, prescriber to continue to hear great stories you want to go to anchor um, that fm slash young black travelers and remember to be very very mindful in your travels and emily reminded us of that as well um, to be conscious of what of researching whose grounds you're on whose lands you're on and just continue to keep good sanitary practice wherever you may go and i just want to give a final chance for emily just to say um bye thank you all for joining us emily 
Yeah, thank you so much for that. It's been such a blessing to be able to be on this podcast. Uh, This is my first podcast ever. So I'm very, very honored that I got to to be here with you all. I think it's important for, you know, women um, or however you identify, uh, especially uh, people of color to uh, really be, you know, unified and to know that uh, we are stronger together. And like I said, I am just, I feel very blessed and very honored to be here. And like I shared earlier, please come to Alaska. And if you ever have any questions about indigenous history, whether if it's, um, you know, with boarding schools or, you know, anything having to do with, you know, Alaska Native or even non-Native. If I don't have the answer, I know someone within my network does. And so always, always, always feel free to reach out to me at any time or day. Uh, Like I said, I'm I'm an open book. And, you know, I really do believe that uh, tourism is education and education is tourism. So thank you again for having me. And I love that this was my first podcast ever Woo! <laughs> yes we love that also thank you so much emily take thank care you. everyone ha- enjoy the rest of your day whatever time you're listening to this all right have and a the rest one. of the season <laughs> <laughs> take care all right take care <laughs>